This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. Day two of the NFL Combine is in the books. Tight ends, the corners, and the safeties. All took to the field today in Indianapolis. And here at Saturday, Sunday, we are going to give our instant reactions to everything that we saw from an impactful athletic performance day. Guys were flying. Guys were jumping. Unbelievable today. And this is really just setting the stage for the fantasy day tomorrow, which I am stoked about. Uh, Combine comes on even earlier tomorrow. Uh, it's an exciting day brief for sure, but before we get there, a lot to unpack. We finished off the defensive guys with the DBs. We sort of tight ends, get the offensive players going. Uh, we're going to start there since we usually skew more of our attention towards the offensive skill players. So we're going to start the tight ends and then we'll obviously talk about the, the two DB groups. Group one was the corners. Group two was uh, the safeties, and there was a there's a lot to discuss in that. But let, let's start with the tight ends first, because I do think that uh, had a lot to talk about there. So if we if we start with the tight ends, things that stood out today, uh, guys that really shine. Theo Johnson, I, I talked about. Matt Bomb is a must follow on Twitter. His RAS, you know, composite athletic score. He had a ten point oh in the RAS score. Theo Johnson, and I've been telling people to be prepared for Theo Johnson to go much higher than we expect, that you can't look at the performance, the production that he had at at Penn State. You know, they had another good tight end there. Their path game wasn't the focal point of the offense. But Theo Johnson is a guy who was a highly regarded prospect coming into college. He has a great size, great frame. And then today he showed what type of athletic package we're working with. This is a guy who's six foot six, two 259 pounds. He ran an official 4.5740 with a 1.55 10-yard split. He had a 39.5-inch vertical jump and a 10.5 broad jump. And the short-time shuttle, his 20-yard shuttle, was also 4.19. So we're talking about a guy who put together a all-around great athletic pro- uh, profile, looked good in the drills. This is coming off him being arguably the best tight end that was at the senior bowl. So I really think everything is lining up for, I think there's a real possibility. We've been saying for a while, you have Brock Bowers in round one, you have Jatavian Sanders locked in somewhere in round two, and then it's up for grabs. I really think now you're going to see a lot more people have Theo Johnson as tight end three in this class. If they don't have him, maybe they still have Cade Stover, but I think there's a real possibility Theo Johnson is the third tight end taken. I think he's a lock for day two now. And I think this just kind of checked off the rest of the boxes of of seeing him just increase his draft stock uh, in the pre-draft process. So it was a home run performance from Theo Johnson. Uh, really, really nailed it in terms of showing that level of athleticism and explosion that I'm, I don't think people just understood how impressive it was. Uh, Jaheim Bell, one of my favorites, who I've been comping the Chigakagwo, I thought he had a pretty good performance as well. Obviously, much different style of player than, you know, Theo Johnson. It's only 241 pounds, but I think that's good enough for him. 
241-62, he can be used as a as a versatile offensive weapon. He can be used as a move tight end. He can he can be used as an H back here or there. So so Jaheim Bell ran a four point six one official forty yard dash time. He had a, a thirty five vert and a ten four broad. So I think he did what he have to do, what he had to do. And I think now he's got a guy who's an intriguing late round three somewhere in round four selection as well. I think he's in that mix from tight end three to tight end six, seven, but I think he's more towards the back end of that, like tight end six, tight end seven. I think teams will still be looking for a guy who's maybe more of the prototype, more of a guy who could handle some inline blocking and and blocking to maybe potentially, uh, you know, be a guy who can be on the field more often. I think Jaheim Bell's not going to be a 70% snap type player it's just not the role for him he's, he's a good receiver he's not an electric or great receiver and he's not a guy who could really hold up in line but I do think Jaheim Bell had a good day as well uh the fastest 40 time Devin Culp out of Washington now he's only six foot three 231 pounds so that's what I was saying you know you look at Jaheim the Jaheim Bell he checked in at 240 Devin Culp checked in at 231 so he under no circumstance could do any traditional tight end stuff He's almost a tweener between a big wide receiver and a small tight end, but he ran a 4.47 40-yard dash time. He didn't do anything else besides that, but he but really smooth in the drills. And then obviously showed that level of explosion in terms of the 40 time. Uh, so he's an interesting day three, you know, pass catching option that I could see a team taking a shot on somewhere around five, round six, round seven, just at his athletic profile, uh, you know, is impressive, and then you you see that time. I don't think anyone was expecting him to run that fast. Uh, though Tanner McLaughlin out of Arizona, uh, you know he's six five, pretty big guy, two forty four. He ran a four point six one forty yard dash time. He had a thirty five vert and a nine nine broad jump. I think he's a guy that people are sleeping on. I think he's an interesting early day three prospect. He's got a basketball background, so that he did good. Tip Ryman, while he's more of a blocker. He's six foot five, two hundred and seventy-one pounds, and he ran a four-six-four with a thirty-three inch vert, ten-one broad. So this is a guy who I think he really came across athletically as impressive. There, uh, he's a guy who teams going to look at his blocking prowess and the ability to play in line, and that's going to get him drafted to be a guy that maybe is like a tight end two or tight end three to start. But if he can show that. There's more to his game due to the athletic package. I think that could be a big uh, thing that can maybe see him go higher than some more other names like A.J. Barner out of Michigan or Eric All out of Iowa. I think Tip Ryman could push his way into that next tier of guys because of his blocking, because of his inline ability, but then also based on the athletic package that he showed here. Uh, Jatavian Sanders ran a little bit slower than I expected. Uh, he ran a 4.68. Uh, I think it was the official 40, sorry, 4.69 was the official 40 time. But he's a guy who I think plays so much fast. On the on the, the combine broadcast, uh, Dan Jeremiah was saying that he, in that regards, he reminded him of Isaiah Likely, who we all knew had great play speed. And we saw it in his college, but then he really struggled and didn't perform well at the combine. And then he got to the NFL and he just went back to showing that great play speed. I think Jatavian Sanders is is a guy who just plays faster than maybe his time. But he's a guy who I still think is going to be locked in for day two. Round two, I think, is where you're going to see JT or Davian Sanders come off the board. Uh, so he, he had that 4.69. He didn't do uh, he didn't do the vert or or the broad jump. But I think the 4.69 after the first round was a 4.74. He was able to get it down. Uh, 
I still think he's an athletic tight end who can attack the seam and get vertical, uh, can be a big-time weapon and focal point of an offense. I think he's going to be a, a major asset to any team that drafts him, and I think he's going to come off the board somewhere on round two. Uh, one of my favorites, Ben Sinnott out of Kansas State. Talked about him a lot this year on the, the weekly pods. This is a guy that we're talking about really was the focal point of that K-State offense. He checked in at 6'4", 250 pounds. He ran a 4.6840, but then he had a 40-inch vertical jump, a 10.6 broad jump, a 4.23 20-yard shuttle, and a 6.82 three cone. He tested out as not a good athlete, but a very good to great athlete. Plus, he has the college production. Plus, he's a, a willing and aggressive, competitive blocker. Uh, I think Ben Sinat is in that mix. We talked about... Uh, Cade Stover before. We talked about Theo Johnson. I think Ben Sinat, Jaheim Bell. I think those are the guys that will be in the mix to be tight end three to tight end six. I think it's going to be Stover and Johnson. I, I feel like those guys will be three four, and those will be the guys that definitively come off the board in the first 100 picks. Uh, but I could see a scenario where Sinat comes off the board somewhere in round three as well, if not somewhere in round four. Same thing with Jaheim Bell. Uh, they would they would be the next guys in the mix. Like, you know, I look at a guy like Ben Sinnott, and then I look at Luke Shoemaker and Brendan Strange going on day two last year. And, I mean, Ben Sinnott's production, much more highly regarded than those guys. His athleticism, better than, than Shoemaker or Strange. So I think Ben Sinnott really helped himself out a lot here and, and was one of the big winners uh, from the tight end position. Uh, Kate Stover ran a 4.65, I think, at... 6'4", 247, that, that checked off boxes for him. Uh, I think he's more athletic than maybe people gave him credit for. Uh, he, he was a multi-sport you know, player in, in high school. Uh, he's, he's got more athleticism to his game than, than I think people give him credit for. So the 4.65, I thought was a good showing for him. We know he's, a, he's an able blocker as well, so teams are going to like that. He probably could even play a little bigger than 247, probably drop some weight to try to run a little faster. Uh, so I thought he did what he had to do. And then Jared Wiley... 6'6", 249, he ran a 4.62, and I think Wiley is the one other name in the mix. Uh, you know, we have, like I said, Theo Johnson, we have Cade Stover, we have Ben Sinat, we have Jaheim Bell, and then I think Jared Wiley. Those are the names in the mix from that tight end three to tight end seven that I think a lot of people are going to have ranked in a, in a lot of different ways, and I think NFL teams might have those guys ranked in a lot of different ways in terms of what they're looking for. So I thought a lot of tight ends really helped themselves out uh, in the athletic testing, I thought a lot of them looked really smooth in the drills. Uh, I thought JT Sanders looked outstanding in the, in the on-field work. I thought, I thought Jared Wiley looked really good in the on-field drills. I thought Theo Johnson. So a lot of tight ends here. And again, I was hoping the tight end was maybe going to help sort it a little bit. But so many of these guys in that tier that we were talking about, right? I haven't done the tight end tier buster show. But, you know, that third tier, right? Brock will be in his own tier. JT will be in his own tier. And then that next tier is going to be a very big tier. And to be honest with you, they all kind of they all kind of tested out really well athletically. So athleticism is not really going to be something that that enables me to to sort these guys out. I think I'm going to have them all in the same tier, and they're going to all be guys I think could get taken late round three, through round four. And I think that's where we're going to see a lot of these guys come off the board in that range for sure. So there was a, there was a fun opening offensive skill player group obviously as we wait tomorrow to see the quarterbacks wide receivers and running backs 
I thought the tight end group, even though we didn't have Brock Bowers, uh, even though, you know, we didn't have JT Sanders do everything, I thought all in all it was an impressive performance from this tight end group to see just how fast they were running. Uh, and just, I think athleticism really, really matters at the tight end position. There's a lot of studies that athleticism, you know, really matters in terms of guys being high-end tight, tight end uh, players at the next level. So I, I think this class has some intriguing guys. Is it last year's class? Of course not. Last year's class with Sam Laporta and Luke Musgrave and Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid, you know, we had four guys in the top 50. This year we might have one in the top 50. It'll probably be top 10, top 12 in Brock Bowers. But I, but I do think there's more intrigue uh, a little bit later on. Like I wasn't, I liked Strange and Shoemaker, but to me last year it was the big four guys and then a big drop off. I think this year it extends out that a team, you know, there were rumors today that, that Darren Waller's thinking about retiring and, and you know, the Giants, you know, probably weren't going to be very high into the, the tight end mix. But now what if he does retire? Do they consider Brock Bowers at six? Do they consider JT Sanders for one of their second round picks? Or do they look at their third or fourth round pick and they try to peg another one of these guys I'm talking about with Daniel Bellinger and and have two guys like that and say, okay, we could take Daniel Bellinger and Ben Sinnott and that could be our one-two duo. Or, you know, Daniel Bellinger and Jaheim Bell or, you know, pick a name, you know, Dio Johnson and, and, Del- and, and, and Bellinger. So, like, I, I think the intrigue around the tight ends now extends a little bit further into the draft while last year I thought it kind of ended after those first four names there uh, and then some other guys got pushed up the board I think because those guys went so high I think in a normal year Shoemaker and Strange would have been more like round four picks uh, I like all of these guys that I'm talking about you know uh, Wiley and and uh, Sinnott and, and Stover and Theo Johnson All I like those guys all better than, than Shoemaker and uh, and strange from last year. So I think it's going to be for teams that are looking to get a tight end round three, round four. I think it's a really strong area where you can select the tight end. And there's like four or five different guys, very different stylistically to kind of pick your choice of what you're looking for, what you're looking to complement, maybe what you already have on the roster or other aspects of your roster. Let's spin this over to the DBs who got the day started. And let's start with the first group, which was the cornerback group. And a lot of things stood out here. So let's go for some of the main things. Let's start out with a guy who I thought slightly uh, disappointed based on the excitement going in. Terry Arnold, Terry and Arnold out of Alabama was many people's cornerback one going into today. But, but there was a lot of cornerbacks considered potential first round picks. And Terry Arnold ran only a four point. His official was a four point five zero, which is fine. It's not. It's not terrible. But for a guy who is one of the considered was considered arguably the top cornerback in the class, I think some teams are going to have a hard time making him the first cornerback off the board. I still think he's going to go round one. His skills is fantastic. He's fast enough. He's quick enough. But I think when you're talking about the first cornerback off the board, I don't think that honor is going to go to Terry and Arnold anymore. I think who's it's going to go to is arguably the guy who's had the best pre-draft process of any player in the entire 2024 NFL draft, and that is Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo. He was the talk of the Senior Bowl week. Now he's the talk of the Combine. Six feet, 195. So he's got a little bit 
a little bit bigger than Arnold, weighs a little bit more, but then he checked in at a 4.33 40-yard dash time. So that 4.33 to 4.5, that's going to sell. When teams are trying to decipher between arguably the two top corners in this class, the way Mitchell performed at the Senior Bowl showed that the step up in competition was not a big deal. And then the 40-yard time, I think you're talking about a guy who now has put himself in Quinion Mitchell to potentially be the first defensive player taken in the entire draft and also pretend, and then obviously the first cornerback taken. It wasn't just a 40 time. He had a 38-inch vert. He had a 10-2 broad as well. Combine that with his shutdown corner ability, shutdown cover skills, I should say, how good he looked at the Senior Bowl. Nobody has helped their stock more than, than Quinion Mitchell over the last 30 days or so. The next biggest winner, who I think now has solidified himself with a round two grade, is Max Melton out of Rutgers, 5'11", 187. He ran a 4.39 40-yard dash. He had a 40.5-inch vert with an 11.4 broad jump. This was a guy who I thought maybe when the day started could potentially have fallen to round four. But now, literally, I think day two is a lock. And I think round two is very much in play. The athletic testing, I think, matters a lot for the DBs. It helps sort things out. And when a guy tests, guy has good film and then puts this type of athletic performance out there, I think it speaks volumes. On the flip side, a guy who I thought struggled a little bit, and I think, we, I think you're going to hear a little bit of buzz about maybe switching to safety, is Kalen King out of Penn State. Most Penn State players usually really, really perform well at the Combine. He checked in at 5'11", 191, and he ran a 4.61 40-yard dash time. Uh, he did have a good uh, vert of 37 and 10-2 broad. I think that speed might make teams look at him a little bit more as like a free safety or nickel corner rather than an outside cornerback. So I thought the speed element of his game, uh, you know, hindered him a little bit. Uh, another huge winner, uh, Mike Center, Center still out of Michigan. They can pronounce it. Uh, 5'9", He already had a day two grade on most people's boards. He ran a 4.4740. That was just the beginning. He had a 40-inch vert, a 10-11 broad, a 4.01 20-yard uh, shuttle, and then a 6.99 uh, pericone. Those numbers, that complete athletic package, it's unbelievable. So I think you're talking about a guy in Mike uh, Center still that you're talking about a guy now who's going to lock himself in to round two, round three. And he might even climb up a little bit higher into round two than maybe people thought he could go after this performance. Uh, another guy who I thought really helped himself out was Andrew Phillips out of Kentucky. 5'10", 190. He ran a 4.48. He had a 42-inch vert and an 11-3 broad jump. He looked really smooth in the on-field drills as well. Uh, and then the last guy I, I'll talk about is uh, Renardo Green out of Florida State. I thought he looked really good in the on-field drills. Uh, 
I think he's a guy that some people might have had a day for grade on now, but I thought he was more of a guy who can push his way into the top 100 mix. I think you're going to see him a lot more, uh, you know, 5'11", 186, 4.4940, 37.5 vert, 10-10 uh, on, on the broad jump, and like I said, really strong on-field workout as well. So I think he's a guy who you're going to start to see a little bit more buzz to. Uh, Nate Wiggins out of Clemson, uh, he ran a, I think the official was 4.2840. Uh, unfortunately, he heard something pop as he finished that first 40-yard dash time. So this is a guy who somewhere in the top 20, top 25, uh, he's locked into round one. He runs with that speed, and then unfortunately the injury probably going to take him out of the rest of the pre-draft process if it's something severe that he heard a pop. Uh, but he obviously w- was a big winner in checking off that, that elite speed that we expected him to have. But I'm not even sure we thought 4.29. I think you know that was even a surprise uh, for, for most analysts who thought he was going to run fast, but maybe not that fast. And that was just some of the guys. There were so many guys in the cornerback uh, that I thought really had great athletic testing those were the guys I thought, you know, that maybe looked the best. Uh, the the Camario Richardson out of Mississippi State was another guy who I thought tested out really well today. Uh, Nehemiah Pritchett out of Auburn was another one that I had notes written down. Athletic testing was good. On-field drills were good. So a lot of guys really checked off a lot of boxes. Uh, and listen, in, the, in today's NFL, you need three, four cornerbacks on a team now. Every team needs DB help. So even if teams have two good starters, they, they're still looking pretty early in the top 100 picks. You're going to see a lot of cornerbacks taken. I think it's a deep draft. And I think now Mitchell's put himself in the mix to maybe go in the top 10. I think Atlanta, if they trade for Justin Fields or uh, sign Kirk Cousins, I think Dallas Turner or Quinion Mitchell could easily be the pick at eight. And that could be the sweet spot where we see the first defensive player come off the board. Let's take this over to the safeties to round out this instant reaction show. Uh, similar to the cornerbacks, I thought a lot of safeties really performed well. Uh, just kind of going through things a little bit here. Alphabetical, uh, Cole Bishop out of Utah, 6'2", He ran a 4.45 40-yard dash time, 39 vert, and a 10-4 broad jump. This is a guy who I thought already could potentially have been on that round three, round four bubble. You put a performance like this, I think you're going to see yourself move up at least a half a round. So I think you're probably talking about a guy now who sneaks into the top 100. Uh, so that was impressive performance by him. Uh, going down the list, here are some other guys that stood out. Let's talk about Tyler Owens. He's, he unfortunately got hurt right as he was taken off for his 40-yard dash time. But at 6... I just want to get this right. At 6-2... 216 pounds. He had a 41-inch vert and a 12-2 broad jump, which I think was maybe arguably the record for a DB. 12-2 broad jump, 41-inch vertical jump. My guess is he was going to run like a 4-4 four, four or four, you know, low 4-4s four uh, in terms of his 40-yard dash time. You know, so this is a guy who... Even with the injury, hope it's okay. He showed enough in the other athletic testing that even if he can't run a 40 time, I think people understand what type of explosiveness, speed, and athleticism he has. Uh, so that, that was impressive. Jalen Simpson 
I thought was another guy that really put together a, a really good day out of Auburn. 5'11", 179, he ran a 4.4540. He had a 39.5 vert and 11.1 broad jump. I thought he looked really good in the on-field drills as well. Uh, so I thought he helped himself out. He'll be a, a guy I think you're hearing about rising. Some other guys that I thought did good, uh, Dominique Hampton out of Washington. He's 6'2", 215, which I think is important to understand. 6'2", 215, he ran a 4.51 40-yard dash time. Uh, and then his jumps were outstanding, 39 on the vert, 10-2 on the broad. Uh, he actually did the 20-yard shuttle as well with a 4.14. But he's a guy, another guy who I, I thought looked good in the on-field work as well. And then obviously the testing. Uh, another guy that I thought stood out, uh, Dadgery Taylor uh, Demerson out of Texas Tech, 5'11", 197. He tested in at a 4.41 40-yard dash. He had a 30-inch vert and a 10-3 broad jump. He looked really good in the on-field drills as well. So these corners, these safeties, uh, a lot of guys running blazing 40 times, uh, look smooth in the drills. I honestly think the on-field drills, and I tweeted this out tonight, the on-field drills for DBs I think might be the most relevant and helpful in 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 getting a bigger, a clearer picture in somebody's evaluation process. I think you could tell. I think you could learn more from an on-field DB drill than just about any of the other drills at the combine. I like it. I like and, and enjoy watching all of them for different reasons. But I do think you see a lot in terms of you know the DBs, their ability you know to flip the hips and you know, their change of direction stuff and their ability, you know, to to show ball skills and, you know, can they make the interception if it arises? I think you learn a lot from the DBs in watching their on-field drills. It's one of my favorite ones to go back and watch closer, you know, when I'm not tweeting things out and taking notes and stuff like that. You know, obviously I always record the, the combine days as well, but the DB on-field workouts are some of my favorite ones to go back and watch because I do think it tells you a lot about these guys you know, what type of offense, they, I mean, what type of defensive scheme uh, maybe are they best in in terms of a safety? Are they better maybe in the box or, you know, they can play single high, things like that. The the, the corners, can they, can they handle off man? Can they handle man? Can they handle zone? You know, I think you see a lot in these on-field drills that, that kind of give you a little bit better of a picture. And some guys maybe just only play one scheme. So when you watch their film, maybe they are only in a press man or they only play zone or they only play off man. And I think the the drills put them in an opportunity to show some other skill sets that maybe we do have question marks about. So I really do enjoy watching the on-field drills for, for these DBs for sure. So there it is, guys. My quick instant reaction thoughts from all things on day two of the NFL Combine, talking tight ends, cornerbacks, and safeties. If you're enjoying this, please get over to the website, SS Football, fastest and easiest way to get to the website, check out our premium content tab. And for $9.99, you get access to all our premium notebooks. It includes the scouting notebook. It includes the rankings notebook. And then in April, you also get the draft projections notebook. You get all three for $9.99. Post-combine, there will be a tremendous amount of updates in the scouting notebook. I have a bunch of guys marked off in there that says profile coming soon uh, or full profile coming soon. Uh, just kind of wanted to get the full picture. I have all the notes ready to put in there. But this was going to wait until I started combine testing or on-field stuff to finalize my thoughts on them. So hopefully sometime next week, anybody's profile who says profile coming soon, you should expect it to be filled in 
by by next weekend, I'll say, uh, as, as the dust settles from the combine. Uh, if you can purchase it, please, wherever you listen to the podcast, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, again, we are showing the podcast on YouTube as well, just as another alternative for people who are spend more time on YouTube than they do maybe a podcast app. So we are there over there as well. Uh, you could subscribe there or, or like it to help us out there as well. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano and myself, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday. <laughs>